You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT 365. And you know, there's no question we are are in a kind of a down market. And I know over the last couple of episodes, we talked a little about like rolling with the punches, understanding the roller coaster that, you know, is uh, NFTs. But I actually think one of the things we also have to look at is kind of like during this correction period, right? If we look at any of like the recessions or, you know, as we look at kind of the bull and bear markets that we've uh, experienced over the last many years, one of the things you have to look at is not only um, the price correction, but also correction of attention and correction of even what we could you know, look at it in the NFT side of the house, correction of utility. And even the correction in a sense of focus and, what we, you know, what we kind of uh, accept as a normal, right? And I actually like to, to tie this back into the global pandemic in the sense that until you are kind of forced to pause, until you are forced to kind of pull back, a lot of what, you know, we kind of deal with or we kind of um, assume is that everything is kind of the norm, right? Like, oh, it's the norm that, you know, uh, once you know, the art is revealed on the NFT, the price is going to go down. It's the norm that the mint prices that we've had have continued to go up. You know, I've said this before, when we were um, projecting this Mint 365 uh, project, you know, one of the things that we were projecting was about, you know, total cost. And, and you know, at that point, you know, the average mint price was right around 0.07. Um, and I remember like kind of like us going, well, if we... We, we assume that maybe that'll go up to like 0.09. And of course, it went up much higher than that um, for uh, a lot of the, the mints, not to mention the whitelists and the, the whole thing that kind of went on. And actually, that's a good spot to think about this as well, right? Like, what a, where is the correction we're going to see over the next month or so across the board, right? Everything from how we give out whitelists uh, to what the mint price is to even the idea of like, I believe we're going to see a shift even towards a completely different approach, right? Where, and we've seen this with a couple of projects, actually one of them we just minted for uh, mint three sixty five, which is called probably nothing where the NFT is free, but the create the creator percentage is 10% instead of maybe 5%, which is more of closer to the average. And so they're not making money off of the front end, but they're making a higher percentage off of the, the resale and the secondary market, right? And I actually think that's an interesting um, trend because I actually think that actually could lean into a lot of the shift that we're going to see. And this could include like the marketplaces, right? A lot of us, you know, we had talked about the Coinbase marketplace being the thing that we are waiting for and we are excited uh, to see come to fruition. But I believe on that first day, they've only had like a hundred and some 
uh, total transactions on Coinbase NFT. And I, and I will tell you, you know, I've had it since uh, the beta access, you know, since I originally got beta access. And there are a couple of things on that, um, on NFT, Coinbase NFT, that is just like, they don't have like a transaction log. There's no, there's no way for me to even know if one of my NFTs sold on that platform, right? And, you know, as much as I always looked at looks rare as kind of missing uh, some of the functionality and some of the attention that I thought they needed, uh, Coinbase is really no different. And, you know, part of this is like, okay, what does OpenSea have that, you know, we are just so accustomed to? And a lot of it is like the bare minimum. Like, I, I feel like a lot of these other marketplaces haven't done that. Now, I will say there is an exception to this rule. And that exception is Magic Eden uh, on the Solana side. Um, if you haven't checked out Magic Eden, I, I believe they actually are better than uh, than OpenSea as far as a marketplace goes. I believe they have uh, the total package, everything from education to they have uh, the launch pad. They have their collection management. You can even create your own um, watch list over on Magic Eden. I mean, they have, um, you know, they have even what they consider, you know, their own uh, Magic DAO. Right. So you can even go into their, you know, their own version of what they have going on. You have a watch list. You have the, you know, the, um, you know, you can even, you know, they even have their drops calendar built in, right? Like there is no calendar built into OpenSea. And so I think actually this is one of the things that I actually look at as like a great, you know, like how do we, how do we get a lot of these, you know, how do we assess like what are the things that we, we want to see? And I think part of it is when you have this downtime, it's not as much trying to, you know, what am I going to sell? What am I going to buy? But I think it's a great time to assess, right? Like what are the things that we're looking at on marketplaces? What are the things we're looking at for pre-mint? And I think part of the other thing about this is you have to make your voice heard, right? It's one thing for us to say like, wow, we, we, we now recognize that we've been um, probably too lax, right? We've been, we've been defaulting in many ways to a lot of different um, scenarios and solutions because we didn't believe there were other solutions out there. And right now it's actually a great opportunity for us to find those other solutions. And that might even mean finding other ways that we like think about our NFT projects. I'm a big fan uh, of Solana. Uh, I actually think it's a great, um, you know, blockchain. I think the, the actual, you know, the, the problem I've had with Solana since day one, really has been, the too many bots, um, you know, anyone who saw, you know, any of the recent drops recently, like I was part of the, you know, of the, you know, kind of the big couple of the big drops that most people you know saw with OK Bears. And if you went and looked at OK Bears, which is, you know, kind of was very trendy last week. If you looked at the wallets that that were able to mint OK Bears, it was it was botted like a champ. Right. And and part of the reason that it's so easily botted over there on Solana is because with less transaction fees, right, without the gas fees, there's a lot less uh, cost to build things against and test things. Even there's a lot less cost to create fake accounts and um, spam. And, and I, I think that's one of those things that's like, you know, we kind of have to give one to take one. The other thing I, I think we should um, start to assess is like, as we get through to let let's face it, the summertime, right? And the summertime for anything that we do digitally um, is always an interesting time. I remember last summer here for for uh, for NFT space, I think we were a little too early to assess like really what that summer was going to look like. But 
with people going on vacation, with kids out of school, the opportunity to spend as much time in front of, uh, of a computer is going to be something that's going to impact um, NFTs. It doesn't mean it's going to impact the prices you know, up or down, but it could, without question, impact how quickly projects sell out, um, even what time of the day or day of the week is the best um, to drop an NFT project. And then the other piece of this that we also have to kind of just look at, um, you know, in regards to, you know, society as a whole, right? We, we, we believe that, you know, there's so many that, you know, crypto or NFTs or Web3 is very disconnected from the other, you know, the world around us. But let's face it, there are, you know, millions of job openings right now. I think they said something about like 14 million job openings with only 4 million people unemployed, but it's part of this is because like we're redefining what our, our job and our work is, right? And a lot of jobs that are, you know, traditionally available right now aren't jobs where a lot of people are wanting to get back into or to, you know, kind of embrace. And I say all that because I also think there's something we have to look at when we think about, you know, our overall uh, approach to this space. And what I mean by this is one of the things that I've started to look at is I've started to look at, okay, what what are what are the utilities of an NFT that don't require me to spend a lot of my time and attention on the project? Because if we think about, you know, let's face it, the you know, we're starting to travel more, we're going to more events, uh, the summertime is coming, there's gonna be a lot of things that are going to slip through the cracks. And I actually I, I kind of have a little bit of a shame. And I, I'm sh- I know there's many of you that are listening to this that, that feel the same way I do. Where you're like, you know how many things I've probably missed because I haven't been active in the Discord? Now, how is that okay? Right? Like, like, where else do you buy something? You know, it's almost like, <laughs> it's hard to even wrap my head around that as like a, a normal, um, you know, uh, buying process, right? Because let's face it, if you buy something, you buy a software, you buy a product, and if it's dependent on you using it, more often than not, they're going to send you four emails leading up to it saying, hey, just remember, this is your last day to cash in on your free AirPods because you bought our, our iPhone or whatever that may be. And in the, in the NFT space, it almost became like, hey, if you're not tracking the announcements channel, it's not our fault. And I actually think that's actually another space where I think we're going to see a little bit of a, a, a change. And then I will say the thing that I'm very optimistic about or I have a very positive outlook on is I think a lot of these changes has all have also scared off a lot of the um, fake it till you make it, a lot of the scam artists. And we're going to see a lot of like high quality humans and business leaders leaning in on some NFT projects. And part of the reason I believe that is because I've been the people that have been, re- you know, and this is kind of funny, if you look at it, people that have been reaching out let's say seven months ago, six months ago, um, you know, saying, Hey Brian, we want to collaborate or as the podcast launched, like, Hey Brian, we'd love to get on your podcast. The quality of those people, the quality of their background, even their ability to ask, make an ask what was, is drastically improved to where we're at today. And I, and actually, I believe part of that is like, we're learning and we're listening and we're sharing. And, and I really love this web three space because you know, when things are down, I feel like we rally together. When things are going up, we kind of help lift each other up. Now, that's not always the case. And I know there are some many exceptions to that rule. 
But I will say the the thing that like I, there's a couple podcasts that are out there right now that we're going to do some collaborations with. Uh, there's a couple brands that I've been the talks to to do uh, a co-event together as far as, you know, there's some upcoming events uh, with NFT NYC, um, even an event that we, we've been made aware of that's, you know, kind of launching in August um, that is looking for us to do some things there at the event, including maybe uh, live podcasting, um, co-hosting and, and such. And it's so interesting because I think the, the, the ways of the old – they, you know, the ways of the old start to fall off as we get new innovation. But I actually look at these like massive pauses or dips in the market as additional opportunities to kind of fast forward the things that are no longer acceptable. And so I know like with last episode, one of the things I, I challenged everybody was like, what are the things that you would love to see projects lean in on? What are the things you'd love to see projects do more of? Well, I actually think we now also have to think about what are the things that are no longer good enough? What are the things that are no, that are, you know, and I, I look at one of them being communication. Like I believe projects, NFT projects across the board, old ones and new ones have to fix this communication problem. Just saying like you have to be active in our discord is not good enough. The amount of money that people are spending and the amount of time that people are, are, are required already to, you know, partic- participate in this space I believe we have to shift that narrative, right? We have to shift the narrative. We need to embrace, you know, email marketing a little bit more. We need to understand SMS, what SMS are, are rolling out. And this goes even for myself and the projects that we're working on. You know, I just will say, like, even for the podcast, like, I want to be able to roll out very soon um, SMS options for everyone here. Right? If you're not in our, <clears throat> if you're not in our Discord, and maybe you don't have notifications on um, for the podcast apps that you're listening to this on. I want to provide additional opportunities for us to communicate together, for us to to be able to share. Because here's the truth. I think it's a lose-lose. And, and, and maybe I'm a little, little, this is a little top of mind, but there's a project that I love that I just realized um, over the weekend that I missed one of their airdrops. Um, and it was my fault. It wasn't their fault. They gave plenty of warning and plenty of heads up, but I missed um, an airdrop opportunity for that project. And here's the crazy part is, I know that I can reach out to them and they'll make an exception for me based on, you know, who I am or my influence or the podcast or whatever it may be. But it made me think like, man, I'm in the know and I'm paying attention and yet I still missed. And yeah, we could only help people so much, but I think that's, you know, one of those um, you know, changes that we're going to see as well. And then the last thing I'll just say is for like a mental health like well-being perspective is we have to focus on controlling or, or, or our attention on the things that we can control. And what I mean by that is there are plenty of things in our, our day-to-day lives and our day-to-day world that we can't control. And so part of that could be the, the price and the, you know, how, what Ethereum's doing or crypto's doing. But there are a lot of NFT projects that I, I, will, you know, I know many of you are like, you know what, I don't really care what the floor price is. So crypto going up and down shouldn't impact your love for that project. I would actually even say it gives you an opportunity to kind of lean in a little bit more on these projects and take a little, even more of a volunteer role or more of a, a, a role of, uh, of leadership. And I'll just put it out there. It's something that I'm looking at, you know, myself individually, I have a couple of projects that have reached out to me and said, Hey, we would love for you to have you on our social council or on our board. Um, and these are projects I've held for five, six, seven months. 
Um, and I, I'm, I'm weighing those opportunities, right? Weighing that with how much time I have, but I'm also recognizing like, Hey, I believe in a couple of these projects. And, and funny enough, like for those that don't know me enough to know, like I don't have like big bags in a lot of these projects, but I believe in a lot of these projects. And, and maybe that's just because, you know, I'm buying an NFT every day and I have to keep liquidity for that project that we are doing here with the podcast. Maybe also it is just my, my human nature, right? Like I like to invest and believe in a lot of people in a lot of different areas, but there's certain things and certain people that I just kind of go all in on. So although this, you know, can feel a little bit of a down spin on the market down in NFTs, um, although it kind of, kind of feels like a pause a little bit. I know I, I said this the other day, um, that it's okay to pause to, to kind of like, Hey, I'm not going to look at my crypto or my NFTs for the next week. And I'm just going to take a break. And I know that's weird coming from someone that's doing a podcast every day and I'm buying an NFT every day, but I'm also a realist in the sense that like, I don't want us to get burnt out or to get overwhelmed or get to be taking a lot too much of this to heart. And then the last thing I also will, will kind of, you know, wrap this on is like, you know, with our coin, with the Rally ADHD coin, right? We are drastically impacted by the market, right? There are there's three, um, you know, bond. There's three aspects there to the bonding curve of our ADHD coin. One is the price of Ethereum, right? One is the price of of Rally RLY, and then one is our own ADHD coin. Like, what is the impact? And I will tell you, for my team, we focus on two metrics for our team: RLY to ADHD and total number of supporters. I will tell you right now, our total number of supporters is growing faster than we've ever been before. And we are very close. Maybe today, maybe by the time this episode comes out, that we will actually cross over our all-time high for RLY to ADHD, which means we will hit 34 RLY to one ADHD coin. And although that you know that's the focus, I understand there's also price and, and those other things, but those are things we can't control at the moment. And I'm really bullish on believing on what we're building. And I believe the things that I can't control will come around. And if we focus on the things we can control right now during the down period, during the period where other people are struggling, though we will be the ones that will succeed. We will be the ones that are doubling down on the things that we believe, doubling down on the people that we believe, doubling down on the projects that we believe, doubling down on saying, hey, I'm no longer going to just you know FOMO into this project because this influencer said so. I'm going to be more committed to these type of things, like really outlining what matters the most to us. And so I'm still bullish. I'm still optimistic. I'm still positive on everything that's going on. But I also recognize that we are kind of at a very cool inflection point. And I believe it's up to us to turn this inflection point into something that allows us to be prepared for the future, but also recognize the summer of NFTs that is coming isn't always just mean like the price point's going to go up because with less people sitting in front of their computer, we're going to have a lot more, you know, it's going to be a lot more on us to get the attention in front of the right people at the right time. Remember, I believe that uh, anyone can do anything in real time. The real magic is getting your message, your mission, and even your project in front of the right people at the right time. And that's where the magic happens. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers.